funny. I'm if you hear like a buzzing sound in the background, mm-hmm. it's because I'm in my car because they're still barbecuing outside for Mother's Day. So there's like a lot of noise at my house. So oh, I'm no. sitting in the car. No, no, no. It's great. Hello, you're listening to For My Phoenicians by My Phoenicians. And May is Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And so I plan to highlight dynamic Micronesians that everyone should meet. Today, I have a guest who is a Micronesian daughter and mother of one of my favorite humans. <laughs> um, tell us your name and how you would describe yourself. <laughs> uh, Azalelia Mango. My name is Christina. Um, I am a daughter of Micronesian parents. I am their Maseni of seven kids. And I am a wife and mother to my lovely little family, my husband and daughter. Um, so I always ask people what type of Micronesian yes. you are. Um, I am Ponopean, Pingalapis, and Ngachikis. Yes. And then you speak all the languages. You're very linguistic, I, by the way. I do speak um, Ponopean, Pingalapis, Ngachikis. Uh, growing up, because we grew up in Walok, and because our dads are first cousins, so, and they're Ngachikis. Yeah, I grew up around dad's family and I spoke Nechikis as my first dialect. But all of those siblings married Pinglapis and lived in Walok, which is a Pinglapis community. So I spoke right. I spoke both Pinglapis and Nechikis. When we grew older, we moved to Balikar and then that's when I started picking up like, because I did speak Ponopean and English, but moving to a more predominantly Ponopean community helped that hone in as well as Mm-hmm. transferring schools I started going to a private school so I spoke more English you your mission I was did I served the mission for our church in in the Philippines so I speak Tagalog as well see You're no so the, the... <laughs> if you were stranded on a deserted island and could only have one person to keep you company who would you choose I would definitely bring my dad yeah Aww. now before <laughs> Yes, I would bring my dad. Now, the reason I'm not bringing my husband and my daughter is because, one, I would like my daughter to be safe, not stranded. Okay, okay. Fair enough. It's Mother's Day that we're filming, that we're we're recording this on Mother's Day, so good answer. (laughs) And I need my husband to be safe because he'll be the person most likely to find me the fastest. So, definitely my dad. Um, most of my memories growing up on Phone Bay is of my dad taking me with him everywhere. He would take me to the mm-hmm. land and we'd work on it together. He'd take me out to sea, we'd swim and we'd fish, or he'd take me and like I would build things with him. And like every time we would do these things, he'd always have the most entertaining stories for me. So I feel like Aww. being stranded on an island would really just feel like a throwback to that time that we had. So I'd love to have that back. I love that. What is your what would your dream career be? I want to be a professor at Hogwarts. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what? My friend Leah listens to this, and she has like a Harry Potter tattoo on her body. She will appreciate that answer. <laughs> I do love Harry Potter. Um, in truth, I would like to one day teach. Ah, so similar. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I'd be interested in teaching in a space or maybe help creating a space 
where the focus and highlight is on Micronesian studies. I feel maybe because also having a daughter who, because my husband is Fijian Indian and she's being raised out here in Hawaii, I find myself many times wanting to just teach her the things that I know because I don't want her to forget and I myself don't want to forget. And even when you grow up on Bonpe, when you grow up on the island, you realize that there's such... There's such an effect of colonization on the island. There's such an infatuation mm. with, with westernization. And I just wanted to preserve, help teach and preserve these things. Like, there's so many things that make us uniquely Micronesian. Like, yeah. our laws and our traditions and our songs and our stories and our dance, like, carpentry and navigating. Like, you hear these things of other Oceania nations. And I want us also mm-hmm. to put our put our things out there, but more than putting it out there, I want it to carry on with our next generation and into our children. So I'd like, I'd like to be part of that. I love that. What's something that's on your bucket list? I'm taking my daughter back to Pompeii. Yes. Yes. You you've been wanting yeah. to do that for a long time, have you? Um, specifically, <laughs> I want to make a picture storybook of her in Pompeii. Oh, that would be so. You do you have a special camera? You took the best. <laughs> I do dabble in photography. It's it's mostly just for my <gasps> own fun. Yeah. No, it's really good. But I wanna. There are so many landmarks in Pompeii that define me as a child and define me as a Pompeian. And I want to take her to these specific places and I want to picture her in these settings and in this book. I want her picture yeah. of this set and in the setting on one page and on the other page, I want to write a letter to her telling her my story or my memory of this place because I want her to have a connection as well. So, What is one thing that you cannot live um, without? First and foremost, I think I'm alive and well because of God. So that's first. Other than that, if I was to yeah. pick, say, a sense, I don't know how I would live without my sense of hearing. So I think, wait, what did my brother mm-hmm. say? His voice. And then mm-hmm. Lexi said her sight. Yeah. He said her hearing. I think I called my brother Ariel yeah. because I was like, oh, it's like the little mermaid. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to hear music. I need to hear my family. And the idea of forever silence just sounds suffocating to me. Uh, What's the most memorable lesson you learned from your parents? There are many. Well, from my mom, the lesson that I've carried the longest with me from her is to always put God first. And in all that I do, do it with integrity. It's a story about a man and a son who's crossing through farmlands of another family and they decide to steal some of the fruits. And the father tells the son, son, look to the left, see if anybody's watching us stealing. No one. Look to the right. No one. Look to the front. No one. Look behind us. No one. Okay, grab it and let's go. And the son was like, father, don't we need to look up as well? And I feel like that's what my mom has always taught me, that in whatever I do, do what is right. Even if no one is seeing, no one sees it, because I will know and God will know. And in whatever I do, do my best and God will handle the rest. 
when you were just telling me that story, oh. I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, you know, what I felt like this is so funny, but like growing up, um, you know, like we're biracial mm-hmm. and we grew up in America. So like the, the really like the closest thing we even had to being Micronesian or like experience in that culture was obviously experienced through our own father. But he, when he would lay us down at night, every night, he would tell us mm-hmm. stories that he heard growing up. Um, and I think that that's what helped that in, in the very beginning and a very basic level of like being like four or five, six years old. I think that's what tied us most to our culture was like hearing these stories that his Mm -hmm. grandmother would tell him when he was going to bed as a boy. And I think it's funny that you mentioned that your dad would always tell you stories because the thing I wanted to share about the most memorable lesson I've learned from my dad is that my dad always teaches Mm -hmm. me through stories and analogies. He's like, my dad is a master storyteller and he always observes people. So I think in all the stories that he's taught me, a recurring theme is that there's always a lesson to be internalized from observing, empathizing, Mm -hmm. and respecting others. So the voice of my conscience is my mom's voice. Like she always teaches me right from wrong. And my dad always feels like a compass Mm -hmm. in my heart, just directing me in the right path. So shout out to my parents. I love you guys. Okay, so what are you most proud of? In our journey, yeah, you know, everybody has curveballs in life and trials, and I'm just so proud of how far we've come, the three of us, my daughter and my husband, and how we've come through life, like, Mm -hmm. it's, I'm very proud of my family. So what is something that you wish for? On a light note, I wish we had more affordable flights back home. I... I wish that we would talk about mental illness and okay. talk about how something I wish for the Micronesian people, especially raising my daughter out here in America, in on Hawaii and mm-hmm. living far away from home. I hope it's not so much as a wish, but a hope. I hope that we always find each other and be each other's support systems because, yeah, mm, I, I like had, came yeah. Out, my husband and I um, had gotten married here while we were students and I had her my very last semester. So I gave birth to her like a month before I graduated with my bachelor's and my husband was still a student. Oh, wow. So I was home with her right after graduation. My husband was at work and at school. Most of my friends had graduated and left. And I'd realized living out here, there's really just the only Micronesians out here are students. And there's really just a few of us. And I, for the first time in my life, mm. I was like, wow, I felt the complete emptiness of what I had always had, which was a village. Back home, yeah. Back home, wow. I can never say that I did not have a village. Anywhere I go, I have family who will say, come eat, come rest, have some water. I ha- I can't go like mm-hmm. 10 feet without meeting like a cousin or an uncle. Like, where are you going? You know? But it was like, you always have family who looked out for yeah. you. Or aunts or grandmas or parents who would help you when you had children. And here I was, finished with school, friends gone, a husband who worked so hard for us, 
but I was alone. And for the first time, I, I truly understood what, mm. <laughs> sounds silly, but I truly understood what loneliness was. And I felt that loneliness came from realizing that mm. I missed my village because it really takes a village to raise a child. And Oh, wow, this makes me emotional all the time. So more yeah. than a wish, I hope that wherever we are, Micronesians in the world, I hope we find each other and I hope we be each other's support systems because we need each other. So, yeah. You don't have to mm-hmm. be alone to feel lonely. You can be sitting in a room with a hundred so people and still feel lonely. Um, like being lonely, like I think the only way to cure, cure that is, or, you know, to get rid of that feeling is to feel like you belong. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you're explaining. Okay, lighthearted question. What's the most oh, ridiculous wow. way you've ever um, been injured? <laughs> I have a five-inch scar on my leg that I got Whoa, from that's falling huge. on a corned beef can. <laughs> 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 no, true <laughs> story. <laughs> so oh I was gosh, like probably four or five, very young. And all I remember is that my mom was making food and I'm playing and I'm running around her. And she's like, will you please stop moving around here? You're going to get hurt. And obviously Mm -hmm. I didn't listen. Yeah. Because the next thing I know, I'm falling. She's a wife. And there's this corned beef can in front of me. And then I pass out. And then when I come to again, (gasps) my mom's like holding me and there's like blood everywhere. And then I pass out again. And then years later... I look at my leg and I'm like, what is this scar? And then I realized that, oh, I fell on a corned beef can and my brain just blocked it out of memory. Like, <laughs> pulled this trauma off. And then what's the most interesting migration superstition you're familiar with? I'm going to tell you now, I did not with. realize just how superstitious I was until my husband pointed out that I'm pretty much just superstition <laughs> embodied. Like... there's so many things that I do that are superstitious and I didn't realize like no (laughs) like oh my gosh there's there's a ton like if he points at a rainbow I'm like are you trying to make it rain please don't point at the rainbow (laughs) yes right also if you like open an umbrella and it's not raining I'm like will you please not make it rain and he's like what like it's it's really ridiculous or like when I'll tell you one that I heard. I've noticed like everyone tells like a scary one on your podcast. I have a, a kind of a scary one that I actually learned from your grandma. So again, I'm like, yes, Ooh. I'm like very young yeah. and I'm playing Bispora in our room. Bispora is like jacks with like mm-hmm. the little bouncy ball. Okay. And then and like the little jack things. But instead of yeah. the jacks, we have like gravel rocks and a bouncy ball and I bounced the ball in her room and she mm-hmm. looks at me and she's like are you trying to chop off the heads of your relatives and I'm like what, what? <laughs> and she's like no one bounces a ball oh in the house gosh. and I'm like what do you mean and she's like you bouncing the ball is basically you basically you bouncing your relative's head stop bouncing the ball don't call spirits into my room so I was like okay and then I put it away what <laughs> oh my no. goodness I did not know that was no, where that so story like, was going 
in high school, if I ever came home late, I would get like sleeping fern and put it in my clothes so that I wouldn't get scolded. Like that's one superstition. Mm -hmm. It didn't work, but you know, I still tried it. So I was always taught that as a kid, if like anybody went out fishing, you don't talk about them or you don't say their name. Uh, Someone told me that it's because you don't put their ocean, put their name out to the ocean because the ocean will like call them into it and drown them so you 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 hold them safe until they return safely oh my but you know i feel that like is so many scary. of these superstitions as many of these superstitions stem from a protective thing like before i swim anywhere be it mm-hmm. like river or ocean i always pray or like there and i don't think it's a superstition but it's a it's like a practice to show respect to mother nature and then there's also like yeah there's also the one where like if if you're new to a place you don't make noise because you're not from there again i feel like it comes from a a mm-hmm. respective thing of you know you don't go to anybody else's house and make noise or be obnoxious it's to show respect so I feel like a lot of these superstitions come from a place of respect and of just being protected. Um, so is there anything that you would tell people like, oh, you've got to hear about this or sure. read this um, or watch this or, you know, things like Indonesia? I would recommend following NGO Pacifica Renaissance. So they're, they're a nonprofit Ooh, organization. I follow them on Facebook and on YouTube. Their whole thing is it's like the Grimm mm-hmm. brothers where they go around collecting the stories of the Pacific islands and documenting them. So there's like a lot of videos of like elders and grandmas and grandpas retelling the stories of these islands. So I like to go and listen to the Pinglapis and the Nachikis ones just because I get homesick sometimes and it's nice to listen to the language. So yeah, follow them. They yeah. have a lot of great stuff on there. And for a book, again, all things Micronesia, read The First Taint of Civilization. But this is by Father Hazel, Father Francis Hazel. This was actually a textbook that I read that we had for a history class at COM back in Pompeii, but it feels like a storybook. It's such a great read, and it tells the history of Micronesia before and after colonization like what the effects are and it was like here that I first read that before Bonpei was Bonpei it was Ponpei and then before that it was Ascension I'm excited and obsessed thank you for that recommendation and then also would you like to plug anything things people should follow no I do have social media but I'm okay. very sporadic <laughs> on how often I check them so if you'd like to like hit me up catch me on facebook messenger okay. <laughs> i don't know don't look me up i don't know but i don't okay. really have anything to plug <laughs> i will plug you though follow angela edward for micronesians by micronesians Aww. amazing platform <laughs> needed and we appreciate you yes <laughs> <laughs> thank you well like i said you'll be out in like a week and um yes i guess okay you know thank you, you. and i'll talk to you soon you too bye-bye okay <laughs> have a good night okay <laughs>